Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Okay, I am excited for so many reasons to welcome LaMichael Leonard. And I was and I was fascinated might be the word because I watched you in the show at the Bluebell reunion and just thought you were like, I want to say dazzling might seem cheesy, but you just were like everywhere you on, were on the stage because there's a lot to compete with. There's a lot of beautiful people on that stage, right. but I would, Oh my, just like you are so captivating. And then I watched the Lido little videos that they put out like for advertisement a lot because I've been sharing those with my dancers to say, this is what the podcast, this is what the cabaret in the new more contemporary version. And you're in that. And so I feel like you're a star in my mind. So I get to like meet you in our own living rooms and have this conversation. <laughs> so can you tell us um, just a little bit of how you got started in dance? But first, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to do this. First and of just... all, thank you for having me. Um, super, super excited to chat with you today. Uh, sure, how I got started. It was uh, in high school. Um, it's... Freshman year, actually, freshman year of high school. Um, I was in English class and there was a, a young woman by the name of Erica Hand. And she was practicing tendus in the back of the classroom. And I was intrigued with what she was doing. And I asked her, you know, what are you doing? And she's, oh, I'm practicing. I have a, um, a, a, an audition later today in the dance department. You should come, you know why? the classic story we don't have any boys so mm -hmm. um I said you know what that sounds kind of cool I was semi-athletic no I, I shouldn't say that I was athletic I um played a like very little bit of basketball I ran track I played tennis um so I was already in my body so to speak and um, of course they gave me the part because there was no other guys to, <laughs> to dance. So um, I actually switched that, I, I got into the show, I did the show, I had the time of my life, I will never forget that piece. It's the first dance I ever did, Bluebeard. Um, and um, I switched the next year from journalism because I thought I wanted to be on TV, tell the news and blah, 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 blah. And I switched from journalism to dance. and. I graduated high school at 17 and I got a scholarship to go to um, Purchase, SUNY Purchase in upstate New York. I did a year Purchase and finished my degree um, at New World in Miami, Florida. And then went on to travel the world right after. <laughs> did you get hooked? Like, was there a certain style that you started with your high school? Was it, was it modern or did you do a musical? Like what? Because we could, whatever you enter into could be what you stay with or like you veer off into other styles. Were you kind of checking out different things that you want to do or what's available as a dancer? I was, yo, shout out to Booker High School, Sarasota, Florida, 3927 North Orange Avenue, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 3297 North Orange Avenue, Sarasota, Florida, 34234. That's it. Um, is a special place. Um, it was a gym amongst 
um, the, the city. Uh, there was no place within a 60 mile radius that offered for youth, for young artists, for young people coming into themselves, a place, a program where all the arts were celebrated and taught. So there was a dance department, there was a journalism department, there was a theater department. Um, and in theater, there was a theater tech department, um, an art department. Uh, and so I was lucky enough to be in a school where they offered that. And then the cherry on top was that the faculty was superb, you know. <laughs> really that really changes the game when you have people um, who are committed to sharing the information through because of love because of uh, respect for the art so in turn the student gets that vibe and has that sort of same upbringing and that's what I had um, in addition to that it was all the flavors you know I started not like a lot of dancers, I'd say in the sense that it was classic ballet at the same time as classic modern dance. And I'm talking Cunningham, Lamone, Graham. This is in high school, classic jazz, um, uh, Luigi, um, I forgot the other guy's name, classic jazz, uh, classic tap, uh, tap classes. Um, then, in, in addition to that, there was choreographic uh, choreography classes. Um, so there was a real well well roundedness leaving high school. And um, as a matter of fact, my class uh, and and the class after me were two uh, some of the most successful classes that that uh, Booker High School produced. All of them, all of my colleagues. Uh, classmates rather are still thriving in the arts and doing major things in the arts. Wow. Cause you had said before we recorded too, this isn't like the major cities. This is like not that Sarasota is not like where you think of as an arts Mecca, like that, no. that there's this gem in there. Cause I'm thinking how many kids don't get this opportunity to even experience the arts. Like what a gift in high school to have that and not wait till you go, I have to go pay a bunch of money at college to see if I even like it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when I think back at, um, because I, 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 the idea of Sarasota to me is nostalgic and I of course wanna go back to share. But when I think about how special that high school was in terms of demographics, yeah. Like um, I, I didn't live in New York. I didn't, I wasn't close to a Juilliard. I wasn't close to um, the, the in, in Dallas with the, the, the famous performing arts schools there. You know, it was really um, a special place. And I think back to, 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 to that time when I was like, wow, I was really, really lucky to be able to have access to that school. Yeah. I think we're seeing now how important the arts are. And then with COVID time of people not, you know, kids not even being in school to have social, but to not to have that that part of the arts to help us even develop and wow. be compassionate human beings and know how to process emotions and communicate is such an important thing that I think keeps getting pushed further and further down as far as importance for funding, but it's like arts are going to keep going. So we have to find a way to like, how do we touch those younger people that were where you were? Did you have anyone telling you like you could do this or was professional 
what you started to go for right out of high school or did you just kind of like you said you called her miss universe which i love that <laughs> your story earth. like how you end mother up mother earth miss universe is the baddest ever mm. nobody will ever no, nothing will ever come close um what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> it was a roundabout way to ask if you had people kind of guiding you to here's this company or what, or were you also with your education learning like, oh, here's Bill T. Jones or here's these companies that you could actually be professional in? Because I just wonder some of us stumble upon things. Some people have guides that will tell you about things or encourage you or help you figure out auditions. But a lot, it's a really weird play. It's a weird business to navigate without much help. I was the quirky kid in quirky kid in high school with blue hair reading April Sinclair on my mother's roof after school. I was a quirky kid walking around in Jinko jeans with Adidas shoes, listening to rock music. Like so, for me, I was I've always been endlessly inquisitive, and when I found dance, for me, it was. I'm, I often say I'm lucky to found dance at the age I did. And what happened was it, um, it brought, it, 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 it had this, um, it gave me this sense of validity. And so what I started to do was ask more questions and I started to get more answers. And um, I, I researched dance companies I said well if I'm gonna if I'm going to uh, leave my little town of Sarasota and go to this go to New York this you know big place and not just you know live but thrive you know be successful and you know get your bearings and have you know some sort of stability in your life for me it was it was imperative to do my own research so of course I had people um, in college and later years saying, try this. This is how I got into the Graham company by my professor um, at, the, at the time, Peter London, who used to be a principal dancer with them. Um, and I am in love with the technique and those things. But in high school was where I first learned about Bill T. Jones. I first read um, about him in high school. And um, in my college years was um, started to see live performances and just knew, I knew before I graduated that that was where I was going to spend um, the most of my um, time after school. Yeah. What, what was it about him or his style or his company? There's so many things. Um, the company is unique because the individual is celebrated. Um, I was not asked to come like something or someone. I was asked to come as I am. And that was important. Um, also in terms of work, we, uh, meaning the dancers are required to make work, to make movement. Yes, the directors have the final yay or nay, but um, we had assignments. We had to come to the studio prepared with phrase material. We had to come to the studio prepared after have you know a, a reading assignment, a writing assignment, an acting assignment. So for me, those are the things that really turned me on, and what what set our work and my experience with Bill apart from other dance companies. I think at the time, 
Um, and still to this day, I think a lot of dance companies, there's one voice and that's the director. And then the, uh, then the artists who choose to participate are kind of like um, fulfilling the voice of the director, which is great, you know? I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the, the shape of what happens. But when you get a chance um, as a um, classically trained dancer to kind of push yourself even after university mm -hmm. and, 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 and access these other skills that as, as dancers you don't really touch on, um, really riled me up. And really that was for me imperative. Uh, um, so yeah, he just, there was, there was always um, something interesting going on with the piece and, and there was multimedia. There was a uh, text that we, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd, we'd work on. Um, and then the aesthetic, the style of the movement was very specific to Bill and Arnie also. Um, so I just, I, I, my experience there, I, I love my time there. They will always be my home. And I love them because of how unique that space, uh, that space is. I think of the word co-creation, like there's that yeah. to have the power to be a co-creator and then we won't jump to the Lido, but I feel like some of the things you're doing now, because some people, when they're told, they're given freedom, they don't know what to do because they have been, I will do what you tell me to do only. So when you give them freedom or even say improv, people will be like, this so is there's why the transition between Bill T. Jones, Arnie Zane Dance Company, New York Lab Arts to Lido for me was the most exciting because I knew I had the the chops to do what they were asking for i just hadn't done it as much as they were asking for so um it was ex both exhilarating and frightening at the same time but i knew that bill that that my my time that had literally prepared me for 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 lido and the work at lido mm -hmm. where does martha graham fit in this timeline between your college and your bill t jones so immediately after graduating uh from New World with a bachelor's in fine arts. Um, I was lucky enough to be employed with the Martha Graham Dance Company, you know, and, and um, it was my first job out of university. So imagine uh, <laughs> me, little young boy from Sarasota, finally got my degree. I'm really, I have, I have, the support of the, my my professors and my family, um, and I'm in love with this technique. But I um I, I just I I don't know if I really you know I remember I Bill is all already in my in my you know to do on my to do list. So when they called and offered the for me the job, it was just a no brainer. You know, it's like uh, kind of like. Um, you know, if Beyonce calls you go, you know what I mean? Like, you don't. Really... So um, it was that it was that vibe. And I loved uh, a big fan of what what Martha Graham did for dance and the technique. And it just blows my mind that my first performance out of university, I'll never forget, was dancing white couple in uh, um, in 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 the ruins in Athens, Greece, you know? Oh like gosh. to stand on stage and I had just got just graduated from Florida literally plopped you know off the beach in Miami and then I look out 
And the next thing I know is I'm standing on the stage, getting ready to do one of the most iconic dances, contemporary dances of our time in one of the most iconic places. It still blows my mind. I'm getting chills and tears at the same time. I don't know that I've ever had that happen. <laughs> That's, I want to say the word glorious. Like I could, even the way you're telling it, how you are in your body, it's just like, oh my gosh, we all need to celebrate this. You know, cause there's like, yes, you've arrived at this place, but you've, you, the whole journey yeah. is beautiful. is so amazing. Cause that's, I, that's early in your career that you're already yeah. doing that. Oh, that's so wild to think, but I will say. I work my butt off. Yeah. I was, I was in class early. I was asking questions. I was leaving late. I was still endlessly inquisitive. I was creative. Um, and I should use the word am because I still am. But it was like, I worked so hard to prove to myself that it was possible. And when things started to unravel and, and that moment um, happened, it's kind of like, um, you know you're humbled by the responsibility but you know you deserve it like you, you know what I mean yeah like, yeah you're that, not oh how little old me like no I've yeah, put my time yeah. oh yeah like little old me now I think about well no you, you know well what what have you been doing okay yeah you put the you put the work in you put the work in so there's there's something I've been thinking a lot about with arts and, and relationships and the world <laughs> is one thing that just feels like such a huge stumbling block. I don't know if it's always been there. I'm just noticing is lack of curiosity oh, is people either assume like, like, Oh, dance history, uh, Bob Fawcett, like what, or lack of black history or black dance history or the arts or relationships or how these people got there. That's why the podcast is amazing to me. Cause I love story, but mm. I'm amazed by people who don't do the work that you did like that mm. to know to know where did this come from or, or what who are these people or why does this matter or who am well, i or how do i get there it's just like right curiosity is a huge part of growth and for artists to not have that i think it's it's just really limiting well i dare i say that you you won't you can't really be a fully realized artist without cure curiosity mm. oh, yeah um, and, and, um, I was a teenager and, and coming of age during dial-up internet, dial-up, you know, AOL. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was trying to do the dial-up <laughs> Right. And I think that plays a part in it too. There's this, um, everything is, uh, easily accessible, but because it's easily accessible, then nobody really feels necessary to kind of like read a book these days um um and it can be online but literally like read a book you know what i mean like mm. somebody front cover to cover somebody that kind of thing um looking at historical films uh yeah i i i agree with you i find it quite bizarre as they say mm. in print uh, that, that, um, curiosity has kind of been on the back burner uh, for a while if I was Miss Universe assistant and she's sending me to look for people, I would find that blue haired kid on a roof reading a book and said that one, let's take that one and, and show him stuff he's, he can imagine. But yeah, like there's something so wonderful, even the beginning of your story 
of what a unique character because yeah people who just work hard without yeah. curiosity or people that you know think it's only going to be this hard and then stop to find out man if you had just gone a little further so how did you how long did you do bill t jones and living oh. in new york like what was that like even like living the new york life after growing up in florida uh i did bill t the better part of a decade wow um, right under 10 years um been living in living in new york is magic I mean, yeah. even though I spent a lot of time on the road, um, I it would behoove me to say I had some, I still have great friends in New York um, and had an amazing time in New York. And, and um, that city will, will forever in my mind and my heart be special. It's magic. Uh, mm-hmm. It's full of um, good things and full of absolutely horrible things at the same time, which yeah. make it, uh, you know, a very interesting, special place. So, how much were you traveling with the company? Like, how and how long were you just city to city pretty quick, or did you get to stay put for a bit and see where you were, or was it just go go? When go? we back from touring, we'd have a week. You know, they give us a week, and before we'd have, we'd have to go to rehearsal. If it was a long tour, they give us ten days, but we were on the road thirty-two weeks out of the year, minimum. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, I remember uh, getting, having friends in, at JFK in LaGuardia, knowing the people who worked at Auntie Annie's, knowing the people who worked at the, the Juice. Place. <laughs> Those um, are your friends now. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and um, yeah, 30, when I think about that, that's crazy. 32 weeks out of the year. Mm. And then how long, because I know I saw Bill T. Jones, I'm trying to think probably the, early 90s mm-hmm. but it feels like they were like a, is it a weekend in each city or or you stay oh, a few weeks yeah that all depends on uh the theater and the agreement with the theater um a lot of times uh we were doing a thursday friday saturday sunday and plus a matinee on a sunday you know um the, like a, a five a five day bit and in some cities of course it'd be a, a Friday, Saturday, or excuse me, Saturday, Sunday, just with the Sunday matinee, little wink weekend, you know, do do do. But for the most part, if I remember correctly, we would have like a run or um, a proper ten days in Crete, a proper ten days at the Venice Dance Festival, you know, a proper run, a two week run at this theater, this specific theater in uh, in Bogograd or in, in Warsaw, in Poland, or in. Uh, Thessaloniki so it really depended on uh the theater but if uh, I remember correctly we really would have a a go at at one place you know did you get to get out and see much of the I mean to be in those places and just only see the theater would be hard I was the guy that was finding the time to yay (laughs) what narrative that I leave I lose the crew I lose my colleagues for a couple of hours when I can um, and go about the town alone, get lost in a place where I have, I don't speak the language where, you know, and to a certain extent, I, you know, stay safe, but really uh, explore and try to talk to the townspeople and get a vibe for how um, they navigate their day and, uh, hey, do you know there's a, there's a there's a dance company performing downtown there? I'm doing that. You want to come? This kind of um, 
this kind of thing. So yeah, I totally was exploring uh, those places, which is how I knew Paris so well by the time I moved here. Oh, see, there's that curiosity again. Yeah. Because I just yeah. think I, because I traveled, but not, I mean, it was like cruise ships and then I worked in Bermuda, but I would be there for nine months. But I think I saw every square inch of Bermuda. I had a moped and I'm like found caves that no one knew were there. And then some people would just party all night, which guests for that too. But then they wouldn't. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever, I can't afford to ever come to these places on my own dime. And so to have your way paid and go here, you got a place to stay like, uh, oh, to miss out on that opportunity for a hangover. <laughs> I love, I, of course, at the time, no, I mean, and that's, that's where we start to talk about the process and the behind the scenes of it all, because people just see the big delights, the show, da, 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 but no, um, we couldn't have never afford to travel to Taiwan on my own and like, you know, <laughs> downtown and get ice cream at this expensive place and then go spend the day in the spas in the mountains. No, you try to take advantage of, of those, of those moments. And I have met some of the most interesting people from each corner of the globe doing so. Um, oh, and so that good. this understanding on a global level, you know, of, of how people really see um, race relations, how people see sexuality, how people see ageism, gender, um, all of these conversations to have in different corners of the world are very interesting. And what I found is people really want the same thing. They want um, health, mm. hope, love. And then, you know, of course, a place to stay, maybe some cute clothes to wear and food to eat. And that's it. Like it really revolves around that. That's so beautiful. I think when we stay in our little place we grew up in, it's like we just think everybody is totally the same or that we're so different that we can't relate. And that's, I think that's such the beautiful thing of being an artist and a traveler, like those two together just the benefit of perspective for creating art. Like if you're going to create, you're drawing from all these experience, all these people, all this. Wow. So I want to hear a little bit of how you got to the Lido because I listened to the turnout radio um, interview with you and Benoit Swan and with Charlotte, Charlotte Calise. Cause anything I think I told you before, anything Hillary tells me or shows me I will do because she is a shout out to Hillary. One of the great connectors and champions of artists. Like she's telling people about Bluebell. She's telling me you need to interview this person or here's somebody that you'd be interested in. And I love that interview to hear um, the, the overlap of all three of you. So can you tell about kind of also the drawing down of your time at, at Bill T because some people can do these careers forever and you can't, or there's sometimes you just feel that it's time to move on or why we choose to do the next thing. Yeah. What was your process of even deciding or choosing different? You know, it's like you hit a growth spurt. You, 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 uh, you take from the experience as much as you can. And then there comes a time, a moment where you feel like mm, I'm feeling a little stuck. What is that? What is that? How can I, um, fix that. What is, what am I feeling? And, and oftentimes it's, it's, you, you have gotten, you've squeezed all the juice out of the lemon. And so it's mm. just time on. And I think there's something to be said when you know it's time to move on. And, um, it was, it was, it was difficult because I had given 
so much energy to that place and I will always have them in my heart, but it was just time to move on. Um, and I was, I never asked to, to take a break. I remember this day so vividly. I, I asked to leave rehearsal because I was ha having a hard time for whatever reason. And um, Miss Universe, good old Miss Universe has a way of putting the right people in the right place at the right time. And I was standing there on the sidewalk and Swan just walked by. And uh, he said, hello, I said, hello. And he goes, why are you standing outside? I said, I just need a break. He goes, well, are you, are you gonna stay with Bill? I think he could feel uh, the, what was happening. And I said, I'm looking to leave. And he says, no way, I, I have a proposal for you. <laughs> I immediately said, I don't care if it's in Vegas, California, up the road in New York or Florida, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If I don't try, if I don't have to travel 32 weeks out of the year, I'm in, I'm getting, and it just so, ha and I trusted him, you know, he's coming from, you know, this man, read his resume, you know, uh, he's, he's been there, he's done that, he's very celebrated and he's very respected um, in, in the field, so I could trust him. Um, and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm working with Lido. I would love for you, for you to, to participate. And that was around the spring of uh, uh, the, the springtime, yeah. And January 2nd of the following year, I moved. Was it, this is his an only show at the Lido, right? Because this was a big yeah, switch over with the nude producer and the, the way they really updated the show. So that, that feels like a risk in a wonderful way because I absolutely loved the show like some people want to see like the like, keep it the same as it was I loved that it it still kept that class of the Lido but it was so new and I would say like knowing your history as a dancer of your technique to see those dancers really have the challenge technically style wise <laughs> like oh my gosh I, my favorite thing is the tango but there's also the ballet and the um can can I think it must be like a, a dancer's dream and sometimes nightmare for how hard you have to work in that show but you weren't going okay you're gonna just put a tux on and parade beautiful naked girls around the stage you've got it you've you hit the nail on the head you know you've got a great eye from from what I can tell because it's, it's it's exactly it's exactly that and I love that there's conversation around well is it cabaret is it not cabaret you know with the the, the new the, the the new ideas with the less plumes less feathers less um, sparkly razzle dazzle um, so I love that kind of com uh, conversation but um, the one thing we can depend on that's inevitable is change and I'm so proud of Lido mm -hmm. for um, they've got work to do mm -hmm. yeah but <clears throat> in terms of pushing the show into the future with still having some sort of reverence for what it was. I think they're doing a great job with that. Yeah. Did you have to be sold on the idea or did, how much did you even know about Lido or like, I like Benoit, I'm going to do it. Or I just got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, as a matter of fact, I trusted him so much that it was, like I said, a no brainer, but I, I made it a point to not do any research on Lido because I didn't want to have any expectations when I arrived in Paris. I wanted to come, you know, I wanted to, to, to have fun discovering it. And for me, that was a part of the journey to, you know, what is cabaret? What is this thing I'm about to embark on? And why am I, am I here? 
and what mm. what what am I trying to share and 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 tell with my participation in the in the show? So I didn't do any research, but I was happily surprised upon my arrival. So what was that like getting to Paris and this is being created? I don't know how Benoit works because I think some people like it's already in their head. They're just going to go in some kind of workshop it and try it and the whole process of something new with people who've maybe been there for years or some people that came from the cast before they're anticipating this, but you could never have predicted what that show became based on past shows. So what was that like to watch him work and be part of it? And where is my place in the show? Because we said MC, I don't say host, but you've got another title that you could tell us what that is. Like, is that being created within this or kind of happening, figuring it out? Or did he have a vision for where you fit in this? Or did it just uh, become? Uh, it out. Yeah. We figured it out. Um, there are so many moving parts when you make a show, you know. Um, I am currently um, tasked with the same thing. I'm making my first um, installation here in Paris. And um, my cast, I think we've been rehearsing for now two months and the cast has already changed, you know. so. You you have an idea, but I think it's in, it's imperative for art makers to be able to bob and weave with with time and with the with the challenges that come about. So um, we knew definitely that I was in the show, but in what capacity that I was in the show that came about a bit later. Really? Um, yeah, actually, it was. It, I didn't come to the show. Um, with the role of Cupidon, which is which is the name of the role now, the MC character that, that I do now is um, called Cupidon, um, Cupid uh, in English. And this idea that uh, everybody loves me, the men love me, the men, the, the women love me, and, and everybody thinks I'm cool and I'm kind of like omnipresent, um, kind of like knowing what's happening and sometimes not, but uh, this kind of like MC character. And uh, we found it. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't in the beginning like that. Yeah. yeah. So is it just like how you moved with the cast and figuring out this the story frame, and then like here's where you? Because I'm just thinking like how the show would be so different without you in it. And I only they, saw it one time. I need to go back and watch it ten more times, especially now hearing your base story. I will see it different. But it's now like, well, I can't imagine it without you doing what you do. So what's Funny, I will tell you the truth. It I was not originally cast for that role. Um, Monsoor, who is my lodge mate, we both get ready together to lodge. We went. Um, the idea behind the show was for him to kind of do this, do that role. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, and um, as the rehearsals progressed. Um, they pushed him more into the attraction side. So there was space for, um, for me to kind of take the, the MC role. It just oh, made yeah. in the show um, for him to be, you know, his attraction, his solo bit. And for me to kind of be, you know, this, like I said, omnipresent, always around, sometimes in the back kind of character. So, yeah. Because the top of the show, you're out there, but it's not like, da-da, here's the beginning of the show. There's like this kind of transition that's not like cut and dry of when it be, goes from pre-show to show. It's all show. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to remember because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. But what are you doing at the be- at the top of the show? Because you have that really cool set. Is that when that's happening too? With all the that's one after. Of, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Excuse me. One of my favorite parts of the show, the pre-show. People come mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to sip some champagne and to nibble on a macaron or you know and and there's live uh, music there is a live singer who may or may not be playing an electric and or bass or acoustic guitar rather and then there's a live bass player and then behind the two of them is an electrical orchestra and in between the two of them is me and I come out and um, about an hour into the pre-show and my job is to create ambiance. My job is to, is to, my task is to, excuse me, um, uh, create a sense of uh, uh, sultriness, a sense of mystery, a sense of happiness. Um, um, fellowship is a word that comes to mind. I go, I, the first thing I do is dance. Before I say anything to anybody, before I shake a hand, before I take a photo, before I, you know, so, you know, it, I plop my butt right between the two, uh, my two colleagues. And normally I try to fix it so that it's the top of a song. So I'm behind the stage, I hear them playing the end of the song. And um, it's always improv. There's, I have never set a step for the pre-show. I will never set a step for pre-show. It has to feel organic. It has to feel raw. It has to feel like it's um, um, the now. I cannot be fumbling over choreography. I'd rather um, be more raw and um so i move i dance and the movement can i talk about the movement for, for yes the, the, absolutely i'm classically trained and the majority of the dancers in cabaret let's be clear are classically trained uh when you talk about the history of cabaret from my understanding especially at Lido it was the women and men who were too tall um to be considered for parasophram in such places and so they find themselves at Lido and so now you've got these 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 amazonian beautifully efficient technical wise dance technical wise uh, bodies in space and time but then they're in a whole different kind of like sentiment so i find that super interesting so what i do is i don't negate the technique i don't i don't wiggle and worm so that you can't um see that i know what a line is what arabesque is um Mm -hmm. and it's this interesting melange of my experience with bill um, my fascination with pop culture, music videos, and understanding how it may, how it fits in in my whole thing with art, because I used to not be used to be totally against it. So now I'm I'm understanding its uh, its lane and its validity. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, superb 
classical dance technique. Um, and then acting, you know, uh, what is what is it to to emote? Um, so all of these things mixed and, and and mushed up, and I and I shove it out of my body. Or I try to in the most glamorous, uh, you know, way, the most cool way, you know. So so those moments when I have to dance tango with the woman who wants to do a tango with me, I've got it. If I want to, if a little kid wants to do the new dance on TikTok, I know what that is. I can do that with them. If a, a dancer comes to me and says, oh, I'm, we're performing um, at the Chatelet Theater. I heard about the show. We just came to show that I'm going to turn up the, the contemporary for them. You know, so this ability to access all of those things I find super important and which is why the pre-show is one of my favorite parts. And then I get to take photos, you know, and, and yeah. talk, you know, like, it's the most, it's the, yeah. it's the best time. Like really it saves the day for me, the ability, performance, the option, the, 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 just the ability to perform is the reward. Like that whole exchange, that whole conversation for me is the most rewarding and it just, it, it, it still invigorates me. Mm. Well, we were talking about how, what you learned with improv from your years with, with the company, you, cause you can, some people freak out if you're told to improv. So you have that down, but then what it doesn't happen. A lot of those companies is performance or smile. Like it rarely can be very no emotion. And so like you, you can kind of like almost get whiplash from going from one to the other. But what I love with watching these beautifully trained dancers in the show is performance I don't see like in the competition and like even the jazz contemporary people that perform in great things. It feels like a, where is your, not just your smile, like where is your performance? It's your whole being. And that's what I love watching. I'm just thinking of all these amazing dancers that I've interviewed that are so beautiful and watching you, you're magical. And it's not like you're putting on a smile. There is a performance that is rare that I think I see in cabaret in a way I don't see in what I'm missing in the contemporary things all around us of hip hop. And, and yeah, I'm like, yes, you're lovely. And I've seen you do the crotch shot seven times in a triple pirouette. I still, or like when you're emoting and you look like you're constipated, like, I don't know what that face is, but when you see like true performers and true performers that are so beautifully trained that to me is like, I could watch out every weekend. I could just go see that and never be bored because I, you know, tricks and all that are lovely. And here comes the obligatory lift of some emotion. I don't know really what the song is about, <laughs> but the magic that you guys create that I'm just, I'm getting gushy on this because I'm, I get so happy when I see it. Cause I didn't realize how much I was missing it till I went to Paris and I went, there's another level. Like I'm putting together Parisian cabaret when this all opens up, we are halfway through rehearsals and then COVID. But the wow. thing that was hard to get across was like performance or you're not just walking in heels. Like there is a whole art. So bringing in some guests from the Lido show and from the Moulin Rouge, I've had a few classes and I'm watching like, this is harder than people think. And it's, it's again, that curiosity or like, not just what, what is the story I'm in, but who am I in the story? Like, I love how much work you've done of what your role is in the show. So I do want to talk about that slide because when I, I, I will share those videos, those little snippets Lido puts out, that slide 
I love it so much because it's the energy, but also like, I think when I was surprised, like, oh, he's on the floor. Like nobody goes on the floor in cabaret except for to do the splits or the can-can drop. It's oh. a, and I kind of didn't realize it until you said like what happened to your pants, which you have to share because like, why does it seem so different? Like you don't go to the floor in cabaret. You know, the first thing we do, um, well, first thing we did in class when I was with Bill was was lay on the floor. We we the warm up started with you know you know how we how <laughs> how it you know, we, we we access the floor. Um, half of my career with Bill was on the floor, uh, and so when I got Toledo, um. I did kind of, it, 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 that slide came about in the latter. It was like most of the show had been put together for me. And there was something like, oh, something is, is missing. Like it's, it's, it's not cool enough for me. And that's a bad word, but I think you know what I mean mm. when I say that. Um, and I said, oh, it's the floor. It's finding not moments that make sense within the show on the floor. And um, I knew what was happening behind me. And that's a very hard thing to um, being an MC character uh, uh, is knowing exactly what the cast is doing behind you so that you can eat, I think. <laughs> so I knew that we were all just walking front. Uh, I said, that's kind of boring. Oh, what can I, what can I do there? And I said, okay, I'm going to slide. And you know, that kind of, actually that slide is like, for me, I'll say for me, is one of the basic ones, you know, uh, run, 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 slide on the side of the, of the, of the leg, uh, you know, going in a forward trajectory. That's kind of it. But in the context of in a black suit, a top hat with a cane and a big smile shooting directly to the front, it's magic. It, yes. So, thank you so much. And uh, <laughs> no, really, that means a lot to me that you, that you, um, that moment stands out. Cause I, 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 I think it's super for, for the cabaret. So but what's interesting about that in terms of the costumes is that it would create this hole in my pants every night. We have an amazing atelier. I mean, a whole group of super committed and, and talented um, seamstresses that would fix literally my pants literally every night. Because <laughs> they could just say, no, we're not going to do this. Because you had said okay. when we did the pre like <laughs> that the costume should enhance the dance, not like. Well, I can't do that. I've been in shows where we did cool choreography and then they stuck us in things we couldn't move in or put a set there. And then we had to take out all the things that we loved about dancing in the show. Now you're like, no, you can't do that because of that costume. Like, it still happens. Yeah. I just was on a uh, project recently and they always, the director always asks and the dancer always feels bad saying, you know, oh, I can't really move. So I'm going to say this to all my dancer artists, performers, if you can't move in the costume, find the courage to say something, you know. Um, it's not that big of a deal, number one. And mm. my opinion, the costume should always serve the movement, you know. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, uh, it, it's it's became a very um, 
fun part of my night, you know, checking to see if the hole still was in my <laughs> pants <the day> before. <laughs> and, uh, the, and, you know, they, we're human, they're human, they have things to do sometimes they can't get into the hole. So they actually was, were nice enough to create a, um, a pseudo knee pad in black so that I can wear underneath the pants so that it kind of looks like there wasn't a hole when there was a hole. So oh see, that's commitment <laughs> that we're going to do it no matter what. Did you put that in the show was already open? Do you just do it during a show one night without telling anybody? Uh, that's a great question. I believe I'm just picturing being in the cast no, and seeing yeah, you do that. I, I'd be like, <laughs> not break yeah, character. Uh, well, I will say this. I have totally done things um, in the show that I've not gotten a quote unquote green light on. Um, and that's, and that comes from um, my administrative staff, my artistic staff, having a high level of respect for me and my art making and, and, and kind of um, letting me figure things out, so to speak, on the way, knowing that I, I absolutely will never do anything intentionally to jeopardize the show. So, but I think um, the knee slide happened like right before, like in, in dress rehearsals or something uh, like that. Yeah. It's like iconic. I look at the Lido videos, the little snippets, and I think it's they've they've edited it all different ways, but I think it's always in there. I'm like that means it's something because there's there's a different of showboating, you know, when people are like it's about me, and those are dangerous performers. But like when you actually are looking at the context of the show, like this is enhanced and not like I got to I got to get more attention. Like also, I'm gonna be committed to do this every night, and rip my pants if I'm gonna do it. Um. <laughs> I love that. And and when I watch the playback of that specific moment that's in every Alito advert, I cringe a little bit only because it's such a real moment for me that the smile is like, you know, when you're really ah, like in that um, aha kind of kind of uh, zone. And I remember charging forward and just it's almost like, you know, um, <laughs> a bit too much. <laughs> It goes off the edge of the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the smile is like from ear to ear and the eyes oh. are like super wide. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, you could have finessed that a bit more. But it was such um, a real moment uh, for me. And when I see that playback, I'm like, oh, it's cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, you look you look a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you did that in a modern company, that might be. But in the context of Lido with all the things that go in that advert of like, you know, the, it, it's, it feels appropriate for how that big that smile is. So how was that living in Paris? Now you're not touring and you're in one place for a while. Did it, do you feel like I could just be happy and change this up when I need to, or that feels good to be planted for a while and have like cast member? Cause that's the thing of travel too, is so uh, help with growth, but you've got this international cast. Cause I just, I love talking to Alexander, like how she, you know, she's going to school, like how people are finding ways to keep growing. And so they're interesting people and it's international and you still get to have these conversations staying yeah. in one place. So you get, you get a perk of that and you don't have to be living out of a suitcase. Uh, I don't miss traveling. Oh my God. I miss the, I, I miss, um, being in new places. I miss being in new spaces, meeting 
new people, having new experiences, but the actual physicality of traveling, I do not miss. <sighs> no. Hmm. So you're you're from America, but with COVID lockdown, because I've talked to quite, like Alexander was one. I remember her saying like the border is already closing and people are trying to make decisions. If you stay in Paris, thinking maybe this is a couple months, having no idea it's going to go on this long. Did you have to to make some hard choice, or was it to decide to stay in Paris was like just made more sense? I don't know what. Maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm different. But where was I going to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, uh, uh, no. Um, I spent the whole all three confinements here in my beautiful flat in the middle of Paris, in the middle of an island called Ile Saint Louis, and I oh. plopped happy, but down. I sat down, and you know what? I went to work. You know, for me, it was the opportunity to go full force with all the things that had been swimming on in my brain for the last God knows how long um, to put some action to that. And so for me, it was like music to my ears when they said, uh, you, you've got a break. Um, and, and thank the universe, there was, there was um, money so I could pay yeah. my bills, pay, worry about paying my bills. I could, I could eat. Uh, and so for me, it was a no brainer. I stayed in Paris and um that is why today I sit in front of you in this cool shirt that I designed. You know, it's like, um, oh my gosh. Okay, we will get a picture of that. I because I was as soon as you came on screen and I did tell you this isn't on video. I'm like, damn, everybody needs to see that shirt. So yeah. So what have you? What have you been doing? Like, what are your creations that have been happening in this time? I, um, is that silk, by the way? It is. is that- no, but it's it looks like silk, right? It's gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, it's not silk, but uh, part of the um, the the commitment of the of of my quote unquote fashion brand is that we um, use mostly recycled material. So it is seventy five percent of recycled material, and it's like a cotton uh, blend of something. But it's like the most comfortable, you know, flowy. You know, it's your new favorite white shirt, really. Like I. I'm so excited to share it with, with everybody. Well, let's, let's hear the process. I, I interviewed Ellie Wickett at the Lido. She's now designing showgirl underwear that happened from an injury that she had, she couldn't dance. And so honestly, like, like Kalon and Revarte and, and I'm interviewing um, somebody else who's, I think she's doing floral arrangements. Like the, the creativity that's coming out of the cast, out of these performers that have the time to finally do it because I know a lot of people are just, you know, we could just be sad for a year, which is fine. Yeah, we need to grieve what we lost. But I'm really surprised of the creativity and like the professionalism that I'm seeing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, let's celebrate that. Let's put links. Let's get people to see what you're doing. But also, I love hearing the heart of how how long was that in there percolating before you actually like said, okay, we're doing it. Now we have time. Um. The, the fashion brand about, um, okay, to be fair, I've, I've sold clothes before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, I was customizing uh, clothing in New York and I even went as far to start to like have um, a lot of product like custom t-shirts, custom shoes. And 
sell them at lit actually the boutique was on the same street that um bill t was on so 19th between 7th and 8th there used to be a little boutique like four doors down from the the where we rehearsed at the the office the building and i had uh t-shirts in there shoes in there and so i've always had uh my hand in designing uh and customizing but this um collection came about really i'd say the the beginning of the like right before the first confinement mm. so what is your role of like resourcing and getting in marketing like are you an online boutique are you creating these things are you having people make them for you so you know what's um fun about chatting with you today about it is it's so new you're getting the exclusive like, uh, <laughs> literally i'm working i'm kind of working backwards i just bought my but don't name name don't main name again because somebody bought the michaelin.com go figure oh. uh, but I'll, I'll 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 say this i am letting go of the fears that used to surround me that used to I never let fear uh, navigate my day, but I I'd always been like, uh, I don't want to disappoint my mom, my dad, or this fear of, I don't, I don't know. So I'm letting all of that go. So I say mm. that to um, I'm doing music. I am writing uh, poetry. I'm writing the music that I rap and sing sometimes um i've got i'm building my first installation at an art gallery here on il san louis which will have um multimedia upstairs will be video work um specifically of some fantastic headpieces that i've made by my hand i can kind of show you also right now um um and also I'm building what you see in front of you, a fashion brand with my colleague, uh, Edward Lanche, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Maison Lanche Perry. And we have designed a collection that is, uh, we call Lation, Lation, which is yours in French. And it is uh the the ident the, the brand identity is 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 committed to design for everyone meaning it's free of gender it's free of age it's free of sexuality uh which is why you see there are no buttons on the shirt which is the the clasp on the wrist is a magnet you know because historically what you have the the ladies on the left, buttons on the left, on the right. So none of that, no more. Um, and also, in addition to that, we are committed to using mostly recycled materials. So um, it's not a collection in the sense of there's like 20 pieces. It's more about a, an idea. So there is a there's a shirt. There is a beautifully designed pair of pants. There's two t-shirts and there's some accessories. There's a hat with a built-in mask. <gasps> what? I'm so super, super excited to share. And again, um, we, we, we use this terminology, um, upcycled luxury. The same people who made uh, 
this is an original textile. Um, if you look closely, <laughs> it's a photo of me. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. I want to hear. Yeah. Can I buy that shirt today? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, I'm like, I'm looking at it like because there's no gender. I love the fabric. I love the concept. I love you. I'm like, I want to own that. Oh my gosh! And because this comes out in a month, you might have your domain ready to go. Like I, oh. I'm like kind of like Hillary in that way. Let's showcase. Let's get these artists seen and get them oh successful. Because also, yeah, we want to support artists. But okay, I, this is maybe a sidetrack. But I'm thinking of COVID. I mean, I had lost a lot of weight before COVID. I was doing great. And then like I was eating healthy and then all of a sudden everybody's baking bread and they're putting on a Facebook. I'm like, are we supposed to be making bread? <laughs> and then I started making bread and I started gaining weight. And then like people were cleaning their houses. So they felt like there was this collective panic of like, let's be productive, write that book. So a lot of us, like, you know, a year later, like I'm fat and I have uh, seen a lot of movies, but I also, I started my podcast. I, there's things I wanted to do that I'm like, this is the time but it's like the fear or with the things that got in the way, it's like, so to see some people that are, yes, we're eating bread and that's all we've done for a year. And we've seen everything. Like once I saw tiger King, I'm like, this is not how I'm going to spend my time is watching really awful Netflix things. So celebrating, if you'd made this in any time, this is worthy of having people come check out your stuff, but it's, I think I've used the word defiance with some other people. It feels defiant to create art right now. Like when people plant a garden, like I trust that something's going to bloom and things are going to be new instead of like, just sleep until this is over. And we wake up like little groundhogs and come out and see if the world's still here. Like what you're doing feels like it matters in a way, like just to see things being created because I really hope the Lido opens up. And my plan is once it's safe to travel, I will be there and I will probably be the most obnoxious one in the audience <laughs> after a bottle of champagne because I'm so, I want to see it go. And I love you guys for what I've heard of your story, but I, I love that there's also the option to keep creating something different and something original. Like you guys are all so unique and I love like your music. Now I want to like, I want to hear your music now. I want to read what you've written. I want to see your installation. I want to buy your clothes. I want to, Cause it's yeah, the heart behind it matters to a lot of us. Like I don't need to give Amazon any more money. I want to like, who's creating new things that are benefiting the earth, the humans, the non-gender, the, all the things. Um, that really means a lot. Like really honestly, thank you for that. Um, because um, that's what I am talking about when I say, you know, uh, letting the fears go because um, those making music I've always wanted, everything that I'm doing now I've always wanted to do, but it was always like trapped in this kind of like um, fear bubble. I'm not good enough and I'm scared to share my art. You, you, you know, like, mm, it's hey, personal. It's, there's something about, um, it's difficult, you know, to put yourself out there but I can't call myself an artist if I'm not sharing. And I, and I am, it found I'm, I'm in a place now where it's, I'm so excited to share and I just hope people receive it and understand that it's um, for me, it's about the work and I just want to continue to work and build things that people um, can relate to and find beautiful and find practical, find a use out of, find helpful. That really, that really is it. So, um, to have a platform like this to kind of share is, um, would have frightened me five years ago, but 
I'm super excited to continue to um, talk about it now. And I'm like, I can't shut up. I just want <laughs> to 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 know what my colleagues and I have been working on, and I and I want them to to experience to experience it. That's the one I love when I put when somebody's new episode, other cast members are listening to people like there's people that I worked with and I've heard it current too. Like you can work next to someone for a year and not know any other story. Cause I don't know what we talked about backstage, but like, how did I not know you had a husband? <laughs> like right, or like right, things that right, we kind of just right. know. So to hear their heart as a creator, I think that's also the importance of story because I'm also, I'm going back on that shirt, how I want that shirt. I'm obsessed now because I was talking to Kaylon too. Like I, why would I wear a bra or pants when I don't have to? And I'm living at home. I'm teaching at my studio. I'm going for walks, but we start to feel like dumpy frumps. And so with Kaylon, I liked that it, it had the beautiful aesthetic, but I didn't feel like a total frumpy old woman trying to do it. It made me want to put on nicer sweats, <laughs> but we don't want to just live in this, like, Oh, why wash my hair? You know, why even brush my teeth anymore? Like there's something of like, I don't want to, I love that, that it looks so comfortable because people are saying, I don't want to wear what I've heard is called hard pants. We don't yes. need to wear hard pants. We want to wear, we realize comfort is a much better way to breathe and move, but we don't want to look like we just pulled it off the floor in our closet. Exactly. And just because it's comfortable doesn't mean it can't look nice. You know, because that shirt proves everything. <laughs> Can you tell and I'm obsessed? <laughs> No, I love that you that you love this shirt. This is actually I, I when I saw it, I it, um, immediately said this is the new the new your new favorite white shirt. Um, and really, I'm we're serious about um, it being. Uh, first of all, it's hand sewn. Let's just start with that. The finishings are impeccable. Um, when we say luxury, I mean it in the total sense. I mean the same guys that make the fabric for Chrome Hearts and for the Couples made. The, made the fabric for this. Um, um, we we have, <clears throat> excuse me, our hand in every part of the design. We're there in the factory watching them make the fabric. We use every bit. So when you make textile like this, they have to print it on a paper first, and then they put the paper to the fabric. And so even the paper, we don't, you know, normally they throw it away, but we found found ways to, to use the paper, maybe send, uh, for packaging or for backdrop for a photo shoot, you can imagine. So we really are um, upcycle luxury. I love this uh, idea. And, 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 and it's not gonna cost you a thousand dollars for a really cool shirt, you know, what's the point? So, We're not um, paying like children to work in another country to make it <laughs> for a dollar. <laughs> So what does this look like if, do you have any idea? Cause I know that, that nobody really knows when things are going to open. Cause I, is it, cause I've heard like we might start rehearsals and that was a few months ago and we might start rehearsals. Do you even pay much attention until you know it's really going to happen? Because if people are like, well, I won't start this project because the lead is going to start back up. Um, we just recently got an email saying that rehearsals are going to start soon. Uh, within a couple of months, they're saying August for rehearsal. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're saying August for rehearsal. Uh, so that puts the reopening around September, October, <sighs> um, which is super exciting. But in terms of my projects, there's literally so much momentum happening within my little bubble that there's, well, I'm going to make it work. There's no way <laughs> that... Um, you know, like, yeah. uh, 
and 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 the saving grace really with Lido is I have the day, you know. I I go to I have to be to work at six, so you know, I have the same twenty four hours in the day that Barack has. Okay, that uh, <laughs> so we can we can make it work, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually very excited to kind of have that challenge of of continuing what I'm what I'm doing and then. I'm doing the show of reopening the show. I'm looking at Kalon. I want them to keep going because I love their workouts. But once you've got the this momentum and it's so professional, the hard work that you've had to do this this time is a gift to have it. Like to do the creation part during a show would be hard. But imagine once you get it going, it, it's still going to be a lot of hard work. That maybe both would be a good way to. But also, who knows? You might have to have another lockdown. There's something a lot of artists have found. If I'm only a dancer, I have nothing. I have no, like I'm a massage therapist. So my studio closed for four months off and on. Thank God I can do massage. I was teaching anatomy online. I was doing healing groups. I was like making income in all these different ways that if I was relying on my paycheck for the studio, like I haven't paid myself in over a year, mm. I'd, be, I'd be so screwed. So it's like, wow, it's really good to know what other gifts do I have? What other talent? life experience because I think a lot of us have been shown like we have more to offer than we've had time to actually like cultivate. I, I love that. I love that statement. Absolutely. And I want to be very clear that my situation is specific to me. I'm so humbled and lucky and blessed to make good money um, and uh, uh, to be able to still pay my bills rather during a pandemic and knowing um, you know, what's happening, especially with dancers. Let's just talk about, you know, just dance in general, concert dancers, uh, cabaret dancers. Um, and um, I know I am a fighter and for all intents and purposes, we'll make it work. But I really, um, that was why I have to say, I, I, was I worked so hard during the confinement because how dare I, how dare I have Shamaj, have my health, you know, um, and sit on my butt for a year and not do anything, not give back. How dare I? Like that was where my, and honestly, when I think about um, the confinements, I'm like, oh, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Have I done enough? Am I, am I, have I, like that, I, so it's it's strange for me. It was very strange for me to hear how some people were taking the lockdown. Everybody is um, is in uh, on their own journey, so that is the difference differs from person to person. But for me, I was just I was so excited to have the time to like try to spend imagine spend the and and the island was desolate, beautifully desolate. So imagine it's summertime. And the only thing you see on the street are um, police on horse, you know, on horses, beautiful horses, um, maybe once every hour. And you're sitting uh, by the water, looking at Notre Dame to the right, spending all day writing a poem. It's like, how how dare I complain? You know, I would love this, to see I, Paris now when it's quiet, <laughs> when it's not so crowded. Oh, you know. This, well, I, I, like people dying in the circumstances of the pandemic, right. but in, in my heart, I was just like, no, you have to, you you have to find a way to share 
your energy, you know, share what you're feeling. I thought that that was um, the imperative part of my experience with the confinement, especially being in Paris and being able to, to still, you know, quote unquote, live, you know. Well, the surprising thing of doing the podcast has been how many people have told me this is getting them through. There's one gal I've interviewed, which is do re- she's going through hell right now with some family situations. She says she listens to the podcast on her way to deal with hard things and it's giving her life. And so it's not just, we're telling about our, our wonderful glory days. Like it's the real human stories that I think is connecting us. And my wonderful perk is I'm talking to people all over the world. Like, what's it like in Australia for you right now? Like everybody's situation is different. Like, you know, like that they were having shows in Australia and we're like, what is that like to get to be on the stage? So I just feel like stories matter and that we're telling it human to human and like how it's helping us not feel so isolated. Like I can relate to you in Paris and I can relate to someone in Germany that we're having a similar, but different situation. And we connect as artists, but we just connect as humans. Like I just feel like the world feels bigger and tinier at the same time this year. Like it's so tiny in our little apartments and it's so big because we're the whole world is going through it. It's not just America is going through hell right now or just Paris. It's like, we're all feeling there's a big shift happening. We're either going to rise out of this better or we're going to just suck. <laughs> That's a terrible way to sum that yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, uh, but I'm confident in the good of, uh, of humanity. You know, what if we are not the same group of humans we were 10 years ago, definitely not a hundred years ago. And if we go by history, we can only, you know, get, get a bit better. Uh, as time uh, progresses. I'm so, I've been followed by a documentarian for the past six six months who's building um, some sort of uh, documentary on me and being a black artist in Paris. And we had this conversation today. Um, I think of change. I keep going back to this, sentiment of change and um, hope and and being choosing to be committed to the good and sharing good and having a good moral compass but um, just to be empowered with your own like just the little things you know what I mean like I know it's tough but um, just waking up come on guys you know (laughs) you wake up you put your feet on the ground and you take a breath say thank you you know Mm. because people didn't do that this morning then you got up and you walked and you and you and you had enough wherewithal to send a text to, to 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 your brother your family your friend you know it's for me it's just I don't compare and contrast, but I know I'm the blessings. I'm surrounded by so many positive things that I find it difficult to wallow in the bad. Oh, that's that's might be how we end it. Sometimes I have a question, but then usually these brilliant people answer in a way I would never have thought to answer the question. Right when you're saying that there's a sun ray that's coming in, and all of a sudden, I've been obsessed with light during the pandemic that winter is different. And I think I sort of noticed it, but every day when I go, oh, look at how that's looking on my door. And like, when you're talking, it was like, oh, the sun rays were just hitting the, the plants. And I went, that's 
a day to be alive for. And I don't, you know, I would have normally thought that maybe it was cheesy, but every day it's like, I could die tomorrow. Today was a really good day. Today, I'm so thankful for just that I'm breathing and that I have amazing people in my life and not just, I have a job. I have this. It's like the fact to be alive feels more of a honored gift. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm not even, that's it. Amen. Amen. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Michael, this was wonderful. I was so excited to talk to you, but I really don't know people before I get on. And then I get to see their character and their heart. And I'm just like, you're just amazing. I want to make sure we put links. So send me everything to everything we can support you in. You can. So what is your website? Do you have several? Your domain? Is is everything in one place? Everything is in one place. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna house everything under the name of Lamichael Lab. So when you see the collection, it's Maison Launch with Lamichael Lab. When you hear a song of mine, it'll be Lamichael Lab. When you go to the show, it'll be presented by Lamichael Lab. So I have a website, but um, I just I Monday and Tuesday. Okay, now I'm gonna get emotional. Monday and Tuesday were. Um, my photo shoots for the headpieces. So there was a video shoot for the project, for the wall projection for the show in the galley. Plus then we did a whole fashion shoot on Tuesday for my collection. So I'm getting the, the uh, it has to be done right. You know, the right. rollout. Don't rush it. I, I, exactly. Like I, I, I don't want it to have this feeling of how it was when I was doing the, the customization in New York. I am um a serious artist and i and i want to be respected as such so mm-hmm. the professional you know every so the rollout is so i'm gathering all the information and i'm going to put it on the website and then as soon as i've i've got that i will absolutely um share that with you i really really um when you sent me the email this morning i first of all you know being the director, the producer, all, all of that for, for a very complicated two-day photo shoot and then think about the meetings before. And we literally were getting the, t- the the last pieces delivered to us the day of the photo shoot from the factory, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it will be um, nice to see uh, the result and just for people to understand that it's like... Um, we're trying to like make it professional. It's professional, yeah, you know. Yeah, you're not rushing. Just getting not, somehow. Oh, and I'm not. Yeah, that was the, even the, the idea. Like you asked me for a shirt, I would make you one. You know what I mean? But even the idea of um, having a huge e-commerce is not even in our on our radar right now. It's right. about the clothes to people like you, getting them on movie sets and music videos. <clears throat> to other important artists who want to wear them and of course Instagram and all that stuff but selling it no it's like we want to make enough money to make another collection first right so by the time this comes out you can share only as much as you want to share so you don't get flooded with stuff because yeah we're not like but but it is I think once people hear people's stories like I want Mm -hmm. to see what what their art is about so yeah we we, uh but I'm still I want that shirt (laughs) I, it's, <laughs> hold on let me let me kind of show you what it looks like oh my gosh it's got some different but oh my goodness I didn't see any of that okay you guys gotta see this shirt the whole it's not a tail 
what do you even call it? Well, like a skirting? It's like, um, well, we would, it's te by technical terms, it's a mini cape <laughs> or, or a pleat, you know, it's a pleat that we kind of like let flow in the wind, but. Um, Beyonce needs that one. You know, I have dancers that dance with Macklemore. Macklemore's choreographer works at my studio. Let's oh, hook wow. you up. Let's get let's get that in oh, one of his please. videos. Oh, <laughs> Seriously, gosh. like that's the whole no. thing of this networking and supporting. Like somebody needs to have that visible. Oh well, I forgot what I, I was running my mouth, but that was what I was <laughs> going to send me the email. Um, and and I had just remember just got the photo shoot. I was, it clicked. I was like, oh shit, I could wear my shirt on. That's why I thought we were. <laughs> video um, video today i was like oh i can wear the shirt today and talk about the shirt today so no i but, noticed uh, that as soon as you came on i'm like i'm sorry to tell you tell you this is only audio but right. we will we'll get we'll get you doing a twirl in that or something and yeah, then yeah. i'm doing a i'm doing a road trip um with athena who has a podcast we're going in june we're going to reno and i had worked in reno for as a bluebell and then vegas and we're going to la meet with pete menifee who did the costumes but maybe if i have my shirt by there i'll just wear it and make sure i am everywhere with a shirt and it's going to be fine sherry in vegas with this shirt get extra points i'll give you a massage or something let's get let's get that shirt all over the west coast i've been crying for two days don't make me cry again like, <laughs> well i want to say to be out. supported it, it, it's so important and to have people value not just what you do but who you are you know because i think we get so used to being producers of things and actually the person is the beauty and it's coming out. And I love that you were, you took the step and got rid of the fear because yeah. what we get the benefit, we get the benefit and you get to like thrive and be supported, not just, you know, make me shit. <laughs> it was, it was, that's the, the meaning behind me being the, uh, part of the, the textile. My colleague's idea was that of course, that's the very, by on a surface, uh, realm you say oh that's very narcissistic but it's very it's exactly what you're saying and um when i it's from me to you and it's like this idea of me really feeling free enough to like hug you and and give you and give you this so that really is is where the idea came about and when from far away you can't tell it looks like a cool new chain you know so yeah, when but, I get closer, I'm like, wait, and that's a guy on there. Well, yeah, and then it kind of just seems like your knee slide. Like, I'm going to make this even more special by adding my real personality to it instead of like, oh, no, not me. I've got to like kind of act like that's, there's a difference of hum humility and humbleness. There's like, like you said, I've worked damn hard for this. I, I wasn't give, given this just because I'm handsome. Oh no, no! I wish, and I and I be, and believe me, I there is such a thing as um, doors opening because you are quote unquote universally beautiful. But I will will um, say once you get in the door, there are uh, everybody else that's standing next to you is equally as beautiful. So what do you gotta bring? <sighs> right. Oh man. So I've learned a lot about Miss Universe. And I'm going right back, picturing you with the blue hair because I'm such a visual person on the roof. I'm like, blue hair with oh my gosh, with a book it, on the roof. Reading April Sinclair's Coffee Will Make You Black two times in a row. And then a lot of Zero Neil Hurston, but that book I read twice. It really sticks out in my mind. It was like the first time I read gay literature and I had no idea. 
like I bought, I remember buying, I knew that she wrote about the homosexual experience of being gay, but I saw something, something didn't click. And I just remember there was a part in the book um, that I felt like I couldn't read in the comfort of my bedroom or living room. I had to go, you know, somewhere where, you know what I mean? Uh. And it was, and that, that's what happened. I'll never forget that book, Coffee Will Make You Black by April Sinclair. I read it on the roof of my house. I'm so glad we came back to that. And I'm looking at your shirts and the gender and the, the what you said, like it's about, there's so much about what you're including. That's getting up on the roof. I think if yeah. you can figure out how to get a picture of you, someone to make that and make that in there somewhere, because that is such a beautiful, beautiful picture of the, of this person I'm talking to. Oh, so we have to, we have to end eventually. Um, so let's, but thank you so much. And when I come to Paris, I hope you're ready for a hug mask or no mask. I'm just so happy to have met you on, on the zoom call to go. There's another wonderful human I can celebrate and be really happy when you get back on the stage. And yeah, I'm just glad you exist. Oh, that you really have made my day, to be honest. <laughs> I, no, I really, um, I, I appreciate the compliments. And they, um, they are, they feel genuine and sincere. And like I said, it's, I'm just at a point now where it's less about me and more about what I can give. And so just having the opportunity to share and talk and, um, oh, I love what you said about your uh, listeners and, um, using this as a way to be uplifted, that for me is imperative. And my whole MO with art making in terms of clothing, music, poetry is telling stories. So um, for me, this has been such, so, such a cool conversation. Mm-hmm. Wait to have it do it again. And I am, I am a hugger, totally Yay! with masks. So be ready to, to in, embrace. And it'd be uh, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what somebody just told me recently, like when she, they just said, keep going. And I didn't realize that a simple phrase and how important I needed that at that moment, keep going. Yeah. When it feels like, why am I doing all this? Yeah. And the payoff may not be showing up right away. It That's matters. It. It. Keep going, keep going. If you've got enough breath in you to take a couple steps forward, and enough wherewithal to be able to like think about what you possibly can do with those steps. Just keep going. Just keep going. Mm, yeah. But with a lot of heart and a lot of brain and a lot yeah. of charisma. <laughs> so we're going to end this because I will have to come back. I've been doing part two for the Patreon page. And so I just feel like we could talk, but maybe we'll do it in Paris with a Macron, not Macron, not the president, a Macaron. How do you say Mar- that? As an, as an American saying a French word, it's, it's Macron. Macron. Um, okay that was when i saw the lido and they had those on the side with champagne and like i am in heaven i get to see a show i got to dance on the lido stage today and i get to eat one of these delicious uh wonderful things so best to you i'll be following your journey and i'll be bugging you for pictures and links but also we are doing a bluebells around the world part two a video that a lot of people have been in the first one of of people i've interviewed and we just do a little snippet we're just passing it around the world for sharing the love so I'm glad for people. I'm excited for people to hear your story, to be uplifted and then support you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so, so much for having me today. And I can't wait to do it again. <laughs> Thank you so much.